Phil Collins <laughs> or Peter Gabriel? Looking for Which one is better? We're not going to play that game. This is kind of clickbait. I'll admit, this is clickbait, or as the kids are calling it, rage bait, because everyone's going to get upset and there's going to be comments on Facebook and on YouTube where people are saying, by the way, they won't watch the video, but they'll say, why do we need to pick one? They're both great in their own way. I agree, 100% agree, but I wanted you to click on the video. There's no need to compare Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. It's like comparing apples and oranges or Sioux Studios and sledgehammers. The point is, there's no need to pit them against each other. There's room for both, especially when it comes to the Genesis eras. Now, if I had to pick one Genesis era, I can show you. But the truth is, if I was driving through the countryside on a fall day, I'd want to listen to Trespass. If I was going to the beach with some friends in July, I might listen to Invisible Touch. But the debate of Peter or Phil or Peter versus Phil is quite interesting because they're actually quite similar. Really similar. Want me to prove it? Here are five ways that Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins are actually quite similar. Welcome back to another episode of Everything Phil Collins. I'm Scott, and a huge shout out to our friends, uh, our patrons, or patrons, or patrons, the people who support this channel week after week to do stupid episodes like this one. And if you come over to Patreon, you can get more stupid episodes, a bunch of uh, bonus episodes and some uh, exclusive videos that are only available over there, as well as like you get a chance to kind of comment on future videos and, and get a look behind the scenes. We're having lots of fun. Come join us, please come join us. It'll be fun. Okay. The first reason why I think that Peter and Phil are similar is that they both have a very unique voice. Now, if you rewind before Phil was like officially a front man, before he really kind of gained his own voice, he really was kind of like either intentionally or unintentionally mimicking Peter, especially when he would sing background vocals on songs like I Know What I Like from behind the drums, he would be singing along and it kind of just added this like chorus effect to Peter's vocals. And sometimes he would harmonize. And I think it probably was intentional for him to match Peter's voice. And so then when he came forward at around Trick of the Tail, especially on the older songs, there were some times where you really couldn't tell. Songs like Carpet Crawlers, especially the 1999 version. I'm like, who's doing what here? Where's Ray, by the way? But as Phil matured a little bit from Duke and face value onward, he got his own voice. And Phil's voice is so special and so unique. And so is Peter Gabriel's. In fact, the reason that Jonathan King and that people took notice of Genesis in the early days was because of Peter's voice. Now, there's so much in the band that makes a great package, but Peter's voice being this kind of raspy, um, deep voice with range is so special. I love them both. Now I lean towards Phil Collins because that's this, what this channel is about, but we don't have to compare. It's just incredible that they both have this unique voice. Now, remember back in those days before Instagram, it was really important that a singer had something that they stood out by. In most cases, it was their voice. There's a lot of one hit wonders out there that we don't remember because their voice was just good enough. And it was the song that carried them. Whereas you look at Phil and Peter's catalog, they last for so long because of their voice. Tell me if this is true for you, but I can be in a grocery store and this is now true for my kids. That's how much they love me, but I can be in a grocery store and I can hear Phil's voice like just faintly in those overhead mono speakers in the cereal aisle. And it's like, 
I know that's You Can't Hurry Love, or I know that's Another Day in Paradise. And now my little kids are doing the same thing. They'll catch it before me. They're like, dad. And I'm like, oh yeah. We were walking down the street to school and there was a guy blasting that's all out of the stereo. And both my kids were like embarrassed because they knew I was going to start singing along. And I did. Phil and Peter's voice are at other ends of the sonic spectrum. Phil has this kind of like nasally voice, but in a really good way. It makes it fun to sing along with it. And they're both on train too, which is really cool. Okay. The second cool thing about Peter and Phil that makes them so similar is that they've actually remained friends all this time, which is weird for somebody who left the band. It's, it's kind of like if your stepdad and your real dad are best friends, it's weird, right? But when Peter left, he still stayed in touch and they were still working on each other's records. Peter sang on Take Me Home and Phil played drums on Intruder. They had the reunion show in the 80s to help Peter out when he was in a tough spot. Even at the very end, the very last Genesis gig in what was that, 2022? Peter was there and there's a beautiful picture of them backstage. This is weird. This is weird for rock and roll. If you leave a band, you should probably have a big spat and fight and show up on TMZ. But there was no public spats. There's no public fights over the year. We learn about like arguments between Tony and Peter, whatever. But over the years, they've always admired each other and respected each other. Phil has said he wished he wrote in your eyes. And, you know, it's really cool. Number three, the ways that Phil and Peter are similar is that they're both equally cringy at times, right? There's like, here's the thing. You know, I'm a big fan. I love them both. So I can say this, but I feel like Phil kind of unduly gets this like label as being kind of like the goofy guy right and i mean peter was goofy in the 70s it was just 70s style of goofiness it was less like michael scott from the office and more like faulty towers or monty python but just because phil did songs like i can't dance or jesus he knows me we kind of attribute this goofiness to phil or even songs like wear my hat and while peter didn't have too many silly songs there was of course euphemisms there was still a ton of choreography you know what i mean so yes in the early 2000s phil was running around the stage wearing all sorts of hats and doing a conga line But even just a couple of weeks ago, Peter was doing choreography with a bunch of old dudes. This is kind of weird. You know what I mean? I got no problem with it. I just think it's funny that like we kind of, some people say that Peter's like the serious artist and Phil's the goofy artist, but like Peter had choreography. I mean, there's always been criticism. Well, not always, but there's been a bit of criticism that Phil would like reuse the party tricks for Domino and Home by the Sea when performing live and even... Uh, the same types of similar like sonic gimmicks on his solo tour of like blending two hearts into Sue Studio, certain things that like would never leave the set. But Peter was very similar in the same way. I mean, the actions for Sledgehammer stayed the same for a very long time and he still does them now. Okay, that pro- that one will probably give me some flack. Sorry. Number four is that they're both great songwriters. Now, this can't be argued. I mean, we have some incredibly beautiful songs. And of course, if we were to throw Tony and Mike into the mix, we are left with just uh, absolute insane. Now, if we were to throw Steve and Anthony Phillips into the mix, holy smokes, and Ray and Ray Wilson, we have this like massive, you know, hundreds of thousands of songs to keep us busy. But speaking about Phil and Peter, they're both incredible songwriters. Salisbury Hill in the air tonight. In Your Eyes, Don't Let Them Steal Your Heart Away, Sledgehammer, Susudio. I mean, there's incredible tunes all across the board. Here's one caveat to this. 
Well, both of them have songs that will stay in rock and pop music canon for all time. Songs like Salisbury Hill and Another Day in Paradise will always be talked about for as long as there is music. But I would admit the difference between Peter and Phil is oftentimes the lyrics and the melody. In fact, I would argue that Peter was more of a lyricist to the detriment of melody And Phil was more about melody to the detriment of lyrics. In almost all of Phil's solo songs, and in most of the Genesis songs that he was a part of, there is a recognizable melody, something that just sticks with you forever. I find it harder to dig for that melody in some of Peter's deep catalog. Of course, there are songs like Red Rain and Mercy Street where the melody is unreal, but I think Peter's catalog is a little bit more complex musically. And we even know in Genesis that Peter would start with the lyrics and then shoehorn them into a melody or find a melody to fit the lyrics. And we know the opposite is true for Phil. Phil would start with the melody, like In the Air Tonight or Susudio, and then find lyrics to match. And that's why songs like In the Air Tonight doesn't have a meaning because the lyrics came after the melody. Or why the word Susudio doesn't make any sense at all because it was just about the rhythm of those letters and phrases. This is what I love about both of them. I can put on both of their records and really equally enjoy it in their own way. We have this incredible lyricist. One of the reasons why Peter was motivated to leave Genesis is because of the work he did on The Lamb as a lyricist, and then Phil obsessing over melody and music. Now, it's not to say that Phil hasn't done great lyrics, and it's not to say that Peter hasn't done great melody. You know what I'm saying. And finally, number five is that they are both timeless. 50 plus years later, some handsome Canadian guy has created a YouTube channel dedicated to them. What does that say about the legacy of Genesis and of Phil Collins and of Peter Gabriel? Some 40, 50 years later, they're still selling out arenas as early as just a few weeks ago. And their catalog is still listened to on a regular basis by not just us, but tons of people. Phil Collins has over 20 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Peter Gabriel has over 5 million monthly listeners on Spotify. And Genesis Combined has over 7 million monthly listeners on Spotify. So what does that tell you? It means the younger generation are discovering these artists. It means that people who listened to them 10 years ago, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, are still listening to them today. If people only listened to The Lamb and Selling England, but didn't care much for it, Salisbury Hill or Sledgehammer, then that might say something about Peter's contribution, but it's not true. People are still listening to So. They're still discovering security and Melt, Scratch. And some 25 years later, people are still discovering Tarzan and Brother Bear. And Atlantic is just reissuing face value again. Why? Because it's timeless. And because of that, people are willing to pay hundreds of millions of dollars for these music because they know they'll continue to print money on Spotify, on Apple Music, and on ESPN. I did a video last year called Did Phil Collins Ruin Genesis? And I laid out the facts, facts, as to why he didn't ruin Genesis. But this debate about that topic or today's topic of Peter Gabriel versus Phil Collins, this debate is 
ours. It's not theirs. Tony Banks has famously said that he doesn't break down his time in Genesis into different eras. He doesn't hear the same progression of sound that fans hear and that fans debate and that fans can clearly pinpoint from album to album. These guys just loved making music with whoever they were making music with at the time, regardless of how well that music sold or was received by the audience. So I named this channel Everything Phil Collins because I'm a Phil Collins fan. The first thing I ever heard was probably Face Value or Hello, I Must Be Going. And then I heard Shapes, and then I maybe heard Trick of the Tail, and then several years later, I went back even further and discovered one of my favorite albums of all time, Selling England by the Pound. Some of you out there may have started with From Genesis or Trespass or Foxtrot or Nursery Crime and continued along and then veered off towards what Peter was doing on his own. There are so many entry points, so many branches and leaves in this beautiful tree that is the Genesis universe. And it's one of my favorite things about the band. Now, here's a question for you. Tell me in the comments below what you love about Peter and what you love about Phil. Let me know how you think they're similar and let me know if there are ways where you think they differ. Thanks for watching and come and join us over at Patreon. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button for exclusive videos, behind the scenes content, and to have your say on future topics before I film, have a look at our Patreon page. Thanks for watching.